0: Rise and shout. We're two hours away from the kickoff of BYU football.
1: Inside 10. Five is going in. Touchdown. Gunnar me from 45 yards out. This
0: is Cougar Pregame Live, brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America, guiding members forward for more than 80 years. Cougar Pregame Live is also brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years. And by Ken Garf, Honda, Nissan, and Volkswagen in Orem. To get you ready for today's action, let's join the host of Cougar Pregame Live, Jason Shepard.
2: Welcome into Cougar Pregame Live, presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Tonight, the BYU Cougars, who are ranked in both the AP and the coaches' top 25 polls, finally, and let me repeat, finally, finally. Get to play a second game. It also just happens to be the home opener as they welcome Troy University to Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Joining me, as he always does, former BYU quarterback, our radio analyst on the
3: broadcast with Greg Rubel, Mr. Riley
2: Nelson. Hello, Riley. How are you tonight?
3: Good evening, Jason. Doing well. Extremely excited to be in Lavelle Edwards Stadium for some football. Yeah,
2: it's honestly, there has been so much that has happened since the Cougars opened the season at Navy that seems like forever ago. And honestly, it's because it has been forever ago. We'll get into the specifics in a second, but how are you feeling about this BYU team having played just one game so far this year?
3: Well, i got to admit, as it relates to – well, first of all, let me just say that uh, after that performance 19 days ago, feeling great about that. Not a bad uh, one to sit on. Yeah, but uh, all those feelings have kind of faded. I'm kind of sitting like a neutral. I'm waiting to uh – have some more feelings inspired because I really do see this as week one part Two, is in the fact that it's a completely different challenge against a completely different team. We're going to see a defense from BYU that we didn't see in that first game. I think the offense has a chance based on how they established a run to come out and give us some different looks in the play action and shot game down the field. So I think we could, I mean, it will be a lot of the same players out there running around, but I think schematically uh, we might see a completely different version of, well, not completely, but a very different version of BYU football that we saw 19 days ago in Annapolis.
2: Well, let's get into some of those specifics for the Cougars face the Trojans. Let's get to the things you need to know. Number one, BYU, as we just mentioned, has not played a game. There we go. The Cougar always gets me pumped when I hear that. They have not played a game since September 7th when they beat Navy in Annapolis. 55-3 to was the final score. So then... We knew BYU was not going to play the week after because they did not have a game scheduled. So they had a very early bye week after the Navy win. But then due to a few positive COVID-19 tests, BYU's second game at Army was postponed. That, that means that BYU will play just one game in 20 days. I am really curious to see how this team comes out tonight in terms of its crispness.
3: Yeah, I think... Um I think they will be I mean gosh they should be fresh they should have fresh legs, they should be extremely well prepared. I mean that game was called off pretty early in the week um, against the army, and so with that having been said, it 's like all right, move on to our next opponent of Troy so. They had, they've had a lot of time to prepare. They should all be physically rested and, and well there. And then, uh, I think uh, from from what I've heard, uh, and granted, I haven't had a chance to get in there because uh, you know they're trying to be safe and, and manage around the team. But from what I've heard, they they ramp the intensity up in practice, which that's the single biggest factor in keeping guys crisp out on the field. So I expect them to do it. But you're right, Jason. Anytime there's a 20 day lapse, uh, it's kind of all up in the air or remains to be seen. Yeah, and we will see
2: who who's in, who's out. Uh, uh, when we talk with uh, Greg Rebell, hopefully uh, we can get some of those questions answered uh, after he speaks with the head coach of the Cougars, Kalani Sitake. Uh, we know there are already a couple of guys who are not going to play. We- we'll get into that coming up uh, in just a little bit. Uh, number two is to get to know the Troy Trojans. They are from Troy, Alabama. They play in the Sunbelt Conference. This is the first ever meeting between these two teams. Now, Troy is 1 0. Uh, And they actually didn't start the season until last week. Their very first game was last week when they played in Murfreesboro against Middle Tennessee. They got the very impressive win. Uh, Former BYU offensive line coach Ryan Pugh is Troy's offensive coordinator and their O-line coach. So certainly some familiarity there between the two coaching staffs. They run an extremely quick, up-tempo offense. They waste no time getting to the next snap. And, Riley, that's one of the things defensively for BYU I'm really curious to see how they handle
3: yeah and uh here's what i 'll say and, and sorry that if this is an old or or there there are some who believe this, in this or some who don't, but troy's campus is at a few hundred feet elevation i think yeah. according <laughs> according to Wikipedia it's like See how fast they go there. yeah so they're they're coming up you know ten x <laughs> in elevation and uh and it also might be a little bit i mean these guys down there in the south. They haven't really cooled down into the fall yet, so now that normally helps you with your endurance a little bit. But you get them up here to elevation and trying to run that tempo. Also, it's great to run tempo when you're not getting touched, but BYU can do a good enough job of getting their hands on the guys and forcing them a little bit, even though they want to go fast, force them to be physical and have to try and move them around. That should wear them down a little bit too. So it will, it will really be a challenge of lightning versus thunder here tonight, and uh, I'm excited to see it.
2: Their quarterback is a sophomore who got his first start last week. His name is Gunner Watson. This will be a, a Gunner versus Gunner. Although Gunner Romney is on offense, they're both on offense. But you do have uh, two with teams. his brother
3: Baylor. That's you know a close enough connection. It's true. There.
2: I'm just saying you have you have two Gunners in this game. I don't know if we've ever seen that. One spells it now. Gunnar Watson is G U N N A R. Gunner Romney is G U N N E R. So they do spell it differently. But I don't know if I've ever seen a game with two guys named Gunner in it. Uh, But Gunnar Watson is the freshman, or excuse me, the sophomore quarterback for Troy. And Troy's defense, and I don't get to quote Liam Neeson very often, but I'm very excited to do this right now. Uh, The Troy defense has a very particular set of skills, and one of them is forcing turnovers. They are very, very good at it.
3: Yeah, and BYU was very, at least in week one, very, very good at taking care of the football and playing without penalties and not giving the defense any cheap uh, opportunities or any cheap yards. So I think if BYU can not not be rattled, well, I guess here's what I'll say. Knowing that that's an emphasis, and knowing that what, that's what these guys invest a lot of time and energy and skill into, if they do happen to produce a turnover, uh, I think BYU's response will be key in, in the fact that they will be, hopefully, they will be able to maintain their composure get it out of their minds, move on to the next play, and continue to take care of business, which um, even though they're opportunistic, I think uh, BYU with that offensive front and the way the running backs played against Navy uh, should be able to come out and establish some physical style of football uh, that uh, you know might take away from some of Troy's opportunistic turnover ability. Yeah,
2: I, I think BYU's physicality is just a major key on both sides of the football tonight. I think that's, that's one thing, and honestly, especially when you look at the rest of BYU, Schedule that is going to be such an advantage over just about every team, maybe with the exception of Houston. The rest of the way, BYU is going to have such a size and physicality advantage over the rest of the teams. I just think that's going to be a major factor moving forward. Uh, finally, number three, there were supposed to be approximately 6,000 fans in attendance tonight, but that changed on Tuesday. The Provo orem area, just Provo orem not Utah County, but just those two cities. Went back to orange restriction level due to a high spike in COVID 19 cases. Because of the initial 14 day restriction, BYU announced that its first two home games, so tonight and the next week against Louisiana Tech, will be with no fans. Needless to say, it will certainly be a home opener, unlike any other.
3: Yeah, you know, it's going to be one of those things that uh, these. These players and even some coaches, they'll be able to tell their grandkids about when they're writing school reports, right? I can imagine they get a fourth grader and he comes home and he's like, tell us of the pandemic of 2020. And he's like, well, actually, playing for BYU at the time. And we've had the only opening game of the season played in front of no fans. And BYU's, by that time, what, 100 and something, you know, 130, 140, 150-year history. But, no, look, the – it's different because it's your home, and, and I gotta admit, like, pulling up and there's no you don't have the smell of the kettle corn or cougar tail in the airs, you don't hear the band in the background, there's no real music playing pulling up to an empty parking lot it's definitely something that I I've experienced for the first time uh, in my life at BYU, and, and there was a certain eeriness about it, but for these players, they had the exact same experience against Annapolis, granted it's your home field and you expect to be supported by your home fans, but they're big boys they knew this was, ha- they know they've known this was going to be the case for about a week. And uh, they had no problem coming out against Navy on the road and bringing their own energy. So I don't see any reason, any real reason why that c- should be any different here tonight.
2: Be honest, though. It was pretty cool to be able to drive right up to the stadium on a game day and not have to deal with the traffic, though, right? <laughs>
3: well, I gotta, they still had Cougar Boulevard <laughs> closed off. The one right on the west of the stadium. So I had to loop all the way around the MTC. I thought I was going to be able to pull <laughs> right up into it. Normally, you know, got to come the back way by the intramural fields where yeah. they play lacrosse and yeah. stuff. So I was like, oh, I won't do that, and it burned me. I uh, came
2: a a different way, so I did not hit any of that. So I will say that was a nice byproduct of the situation. But, yeah, it will certainly be nice uh, once... And again, this is all based on everybody following the the guidelines and the social distancing and getting those numbers down. And hopefully, we can get right back to having fans at uh, the games following the first two, and and then get back to a little bit of normalcy in terms of that. And especially allowing the uh, the families of these players to be able to come in and, and watch their players play.
3: I'll tell you what, Jason, I have complained about like how long it just when I've come to games as a normal fan, right? How long it takes you to get out, and for, by the time you get to your car, by the time you get to I-15, it takes an hour. And all I will, I take. Take back all of those complaints, <laughs> and we'll never do yep. it again because I much prefer college football, especially here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium with 65,000 of my other friends and fans. Uh, this, this empty business, hopefully we can get over it and get some fans in here sooner than later.
2: Amen and amen. Coming up next, we'll get to know the foes. We talk with Trojan radio analyst Jerry Miller. This is Cougar Pregame Live, presented by Mountain America Credit Union on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Alongside Riley Nelson, here's Jason Shepard.
2: It's time to get to know the phone. We are joined now by the analyst for Troy football, Jerry Miller. And first and foremost, Jerry, thank you so much for uh, for taking a few minutes. Welcome out to the great state of Utah in Provo, Utah.
4: Really glad to be here. This is a trip that I've uh, wanted to make for a long time. Glad to have the opportunity to come out. Everybody's been tremendous so far. And we're looking forward to what I think hopefully will be a really good ball game.
2: Yeah, I I agree with you. This is one I think a lot of people are looking forward to. And obviously, it's a home opener for BYU, which obviously means Cougar fans excited for that, even though they won't be in the stadium. Uh, But I do want to go back to last week for the Trojans. I was very impressed with what I saw in the win at Middle Tennessee, specifically on the offensive side. How much of what we saw in that game do you think is attributed specifically to the quarterback, Gunnar Watson, who, in my opinion, looked, looked pretty good for his first start?
4: Well, a lot of it was attributable to him. He didn't. Uh, he wasn't asked to do a lot on his own, uh, really. For Gunner, it was to stay within himself. He's got a lot of weapons. We've we've got our eight top receivers back from last year. We've got a deep stable of running backs. We've got a a, a deeper offensive line. So for Gunner, the challenge was just to get it into the hands of those playmakers, limit the mistakes, kind of let the game come to you. And we really saw him make some mistakes early. Uh, held onto the ball. A little long, early, made one bad decision on a throw. But as the game progressed, you could really see him coming into his own, more comfortable leading that offense, checking down a little more in the second half to uh, secondary receivers and really looked like he belonged out there.
3: Jerry Carlton Marshall on the defensive end obviously for his playmaking ability garnered a lot of the talk throughout the week as uh, BYU fans were preparing this game and obviously so did Gunner. Let's stay on the offensive side of the ball. You mentioned that it was offensive production kind of by committee but uh, I, at least for BYU this is the case when you find yourself against a little bit of a tougher opponent you need to know who your go-to playmakers are. Give the BYU fans outside of the quarterback position who might be that go-to guy for this Troy offense?
4: Well, in the run game one of the real leaders is B.J. Smith that running back who we lost in the second game last year was a preseason Sunbelt Player of the Year pick he went down and having him back last week, we were real concerned how confident he would be in his cutting ability, but he he looked 100% but just his, it's his leadership on the field that really makes a difference, so in the run game, he's really the guy to watch. As he goes everybody kind of feeds off of that On the receiving end, with those depth of receivers, you really didn't see us go to the guys much last week. That was our big playmaker last year, and that's Kalen Geiger. Look for him to get more into the offense uh, uh, against these Cougars because they're going to have to have his offensive production uh, on the edge. So those are two guys I think you could see make a real difference other than the quarterback on offense.
2: We're talking with Jerry Miller. He is the analyst for Troy football, getting you ready for BYU and the Troy Trojans. There will obviously be a difference in size and speed going from Middle Tennessee to BYU. How do you feel Troy is equipped to handle BYU's size and physicality, really on both sides of the ball?
4: Well, that's a that's going to be a challenge. When I look at the uh, th- those linemen that BYU has on both sides of the football, starting with that offensive line that they're big they look you know they look like they're fast and they're deep that's where we run into problems sometimes is that depth our frontline guys I think can can line up and play with most anybody but getting into that depth is the issue for our defensive line that's going to be a challenge for us today I think is to make sure we don't let that big offensive line of BYU just line up and control everything on the other side uh, we were real pleased with what we saw from our offensive line last week and it really showed some promise uh, so I think you know they'll Hopefully we'll be able to hold their blocks, protect Gunner. We don't need Gunnar having to uh, be forced into some throws and having to make those decisions because of his limited experience to this point. So I think if they can protect him, that we'll have a chance uh, to do some good things offensively. You know what I've been thinking about is how BYU is going to attack. I know there's been some talk of we're going to rush three, drop eight back, or we bring more pressure. I think that's going to be an unfolding story as this game goes along.
3: Yeah, stay on that topic a little. We you uh, started off answering that connection or that question uh, from a personnel standpoint, and Jason alluded to the size difference between Middle Tennessee and BYU here, and obviously that's. But size doesn't always matter if the scheme is right, where you're putting your players in chance to succeed. So maybe from what the coaches have said in the week, or maybe from anything anything you've been able to glean from their per- preparation. Schematically, where do you see Troy is going to come out and try and take advantage in this game here tonight?
4: Well, I think offensively Troy wants a really fast game. They want to up the pace. And uh, when you know we ran 93 offensive plays against Middle Tennessee – Not sure we'll be able to duplicate that kind of effort today, but that's the pace at which Coach Lindsey wants to play. He wants the the game to be fast, and you'll see him ratchet it up. If he can get the pace of that up, kind of get the Cougar defense on their heels a little bit, that may open up some opportunities. I think you're going to see that emphasized a lot is the pace of the game. Defensively, you know, I think it's going to start. We're going to have to commit some players up front to make sure we stop the run. We can't just let BYU line up and, and, uh, you know, push it down our throats. But we also see that these guys have a great ability to go down the field and stretch the field. So we're going to have to have really good play for my cornerbacks. And that was, a, that was a problem for Troy last year. But if our corners can maintain some one-on-one coverage, I think we have a chance to do some good things. Jerry, let's stay on the
2: defensive side of the football. One thing that has been very obvious about this Trojan defense is how opportunistic they are in forcing turnovers. One of the best teams in the nation at forcing turnovers. Why is this team so good at that skill?
4: Well, I think it's the, uh, it's the mentality, it's the approach that we were just talking about. You're going to see when, when Troy is really playing like they want, you'll see five or six guys at the ball every time it goes up the field. Uh, it's a swarming attack. And, and really, it, the ones that force those turnovers, the ones that are really instrumental are, is that linebacking core, starting with Carlton Marshall. You're going to enjoy seeing this young man. He, you know when you look at him you go how is he a middle linebacker at the division one level but he is a ball hawk he gets to the ball it seems like wherever it is east and west on the field uh, if he comes at the quarterback he usually arrives and uh Troy it can be very physical on defense and I think it's that physicality sometimes that uh, uh that that uh people are unaware of that uh Troy, even though they may be undersized a little bit, can be very physical.
3: Jerry, I wanted to ask you to take a minute and talk about out here in the. We love our football, especially BYU fan. It's extremely passionate. But uh, I played with some players from the deep south and uh, had the chance to go down and, and play down there a couple of times. And as much as I have pride in how we embrace the sport of football, which is you know what I've chosen to dedicate a large portion and invest a lot of my time into, uh, it's different down there. And it also seemed like uh, the more rural you got, the more maybe religious the dedication to football was. And I've, I, as fans have asked me this week, I've said, look out for players who, like, we say it's more than a game, but for people in the South, it really is. So maybe speak a little bit to this roster, or just just Troy and Alabama and the South and the way that they approach the game uh, and how that might give them a little bit of an advantage uh, here tonight.
4: Well, you use the word religion. It's almost like that's what it is, and, and it starts all the way – you know, with peewee football, you see, uh, you know, you see seven and eight year olds in the uh, fanaticism that's surrounding that, and it goes all the way through high school and into the college ranks. And over the years, particularly in Alabama, with the Auburn-Alabama rivalry and what it turned into, and how how really passionate it has been, we've seen that permeate all over all over the state. And when you look at Troy. You go back and look, uh, this this is a very proud program. This is our 100th year of football uh, this year at Troy. Three national championships, multiple conference championships, several players in the pros. It is that. It is a fanaticism down there. And you're right, it, it's like a religion. Uh, all we could talk about, all you could hear uh, it was the angst going in, was there going to be football or not? I mean, it was really uh, on everybody's mind. And I think, uh, you know, there's been a little bit of a, a little bit of a breath of, uh, of relief to know that we are uh, getting football in the South. It has been well documented that
2: this Troy team uh, is not intimidated to go play big-name programs wherever. And they've had some success, especially recently, taking down some pretty big names in college football. I actually talked to, uh, to Coach Lindsay about this, and, and our listeners will hear that interview coming up a little bit later on in Cougar Pregame game Live. But this is not a team that will come in and be intimidated tonight, are they?
4: Absolutely not. That's one of the things that you'll see, and that goes back to Coach Blakeney, who was there when we made the transition to Division One. Our first Division One game was on the road in Lincoln, Nebraska. We played uh, Nebraska for our uh, for our very first uh, Division One A game, and we like to tell the story. They had to come from behind to beat us because uh, we scored the first <laughs> touchdown in in that one. But uh, the the mantra was always anybody, anywhere, anytime, and we took some lumps, but uh, what we started to find out was hey we can come in and if we play uh if we play well if we stay within what we can do that we can line up and play with anybody and then we had several close calls we get our first one over mississippi state at their place and it just seemed like after that there was that confidence level that we could go in we played lsu three times really really should have had every opportunity to beat them the first two times, and then the third time in, we were able to beat it. And then the year after that, we uh, were able to beat Nebraska. We had beat Missouri at home. We'd beaten Oklahoma State at our place. And and I think that just bred the kind of confidence uh, with uh, throughout our players. and then And then it gave us a brand that we were able to see, and we were able to start recruiting players because they realized they could get on the big stage in Troy, Alabama, which is a town of 15,000 people, that they could uh, still come there and get on the big stage and have a chance to show what they could do uh to everybody in the world and and also a path to get to the professional level through Troy. So it's just kind of built upon itself and yeah, we may not play well, but we won't it won't be because uh, our players are intimidated to come here.
2: Jerry, thank you so much again. Uh, welcome to Provo, Utah. Enjoy your time. Have a good call and uh We'll talk to you later. Thank you so much.
4: Thank you guys very much. Looking forward to the game.
2: You bet. That's Jerry Miller. He is the analyst for Troy Football. He's got to get over to his pregame show. Coming up, though, my one on one with running back Tyler Algier and Shep Talk. But coming up next, it's Cougar Cuts. You're listening to Cougar Pregame Live, presented by Mountain America Credit Union on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: Let's get you back to Jason Shepard and Riley Nelson for more Cougar pregame live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
2: The Cougars and Trojans coming your way here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network in about an hour and a half. It's time for Cougar Cuts, and we were talking about this in our last segment with Jerry Miller, the radio analyst for Troy football. And, And yeah, it was just one game, but I did think that the Troy offense looked pretty good in week one at Middle Tennessee, the head coach of the Cougars, Kalani Satake, discussed what makes that offense look so dangerous.
5: Well, they have big targets at receiver that can that can catch the ball, you know, and they have uh, a lot of great speed at the slot receiver, they have uh, physical line and, and and tight end, and they have a, a a group of backs that can run the ball. They they had a bunch of guys running the ball uh, for a high average. So, you combine all of that with a quarterback that that seems really comfortable throwing the ball and you got yourselves, you know, something to deal with. That, including with the fast tempo that they run, can really stress the defense. So we'll have to be ready.
2: Yeah, I think Riley. That there's there's no question they've got some guys on this offense that are extremely talented. But I think a lot of that they play that up because of the tempo. I'm curious to see if BYU can slow them down. Or to your point that you brought up the the altitude. If that can slow down the offense how much that may slow down the offense overall.
3: Yeah, Temple's one of the things that you use if you feel like you might be at a consistently at a size and speed disadvantage, which I, I think Troy, in their own conference of the Sun Belt, that's not the case, but I think they've pride themselves on getting P5 wins and looking for one here tonight, so uh, it, it will play a factor, but to be honest, it's become a norm, and it's becoming ever, and ever, it's, it's not uncommon in college football today, and it's becoming more and more popular, so BYU has faced it before, they will continue to face it more and more, so uh, they'll come up with answers to it the question is how well will be will they be able to execute on those
2: well and, and let's stay with Troy's offense for just a second obviously they want to get to the play the next play quickly puts a lot of pressure on the opposing defenses to either make substitutions quickly or keep guys out on the field longer I asked defensive coordinator Elisa Tuiaki how much of a disruption it will be to face an offense that tries to get to the next play so fast
6: so when you play teams like this, you've got to make sure that, you know, I'm sure you guys saw Middle Tennessee. They, they ended up getting caught in a substitution, and they got a pick six. And so uh, there are certain times that you've got to sub, and so our boys have got to be ready to play longer snaps. We normally look to substitute D-linemen because D-linemen substitute the most, uh, you know, somewhere between five, six, seven plays. And, and uh, with these type of teams, we're really looking for the first opportunity, and that's deep, incomplete passes, tackles by our sidelines, tackles by their sideline or when they sub and so in within those parameters we'll try to sub and keep our guys fresh but our guys have to be ready to play you know 10 12 13 snaps depending on how how long they go and if we don't have those opportunities we just got to be ready to to uh, get our cleats in the ground and be ready to play ball
2: and riley i, I think this goes to what you said Th- this this will certainly be different but not foreign to byu
3: yeah, and honestly, these players, they accept that as a reality that they sub every five to seven plays, but every single one of them, if you ask them, would want to play every snap. That's what they did all coming up. They didn't right. sub out every five to seven plays in Little <laughs> League or high school or any time before them, and they get to college, and they're like, okay, well, I guess I'll accept it. Well, tonight, they get to uh, shake that and actually stay in for an entire drive and maybe back-to-back drive. So I, I got to imagine these guys are licking their chops, and they probably, they've probably they had plenty of time to do a little bit of extra conditioning to prepare, and so I, I mean... Look, the scheme poses problems for everybody, but to to pose like a significant, unique challenge or something that really worries me, uh, it does not. Up next, I go one on one with running back
2: Tyler Algier in Shep Talk. More Cougar pregame live, presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Coming up after this on the New Skin BYU Sports Network.
0: You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Jason Shepard.
2: Home opener for the BYU Cougars tonight at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Welcome in the Trojans of Troy. First ever meeting between these two schools now Tyler Algier made quite the season debut against Navy a few weeks ago he rushed for 132 yards with two touchdowns both career highs both by the way he is a guy that certainly looks to be ready for the spotlight here's this week's Shep Talk with BYU redshirt sophomore running back Tyler Algier. All right, Tyler, I know it's been a really long time or it probably feels like a really long time since you guys have played a football game, but you beat Navy, you get the bye, then a couple of players get COVID. How have you guys dealt with the last couple of weeks not being able to play games?
6: You know, it's, it's honestly been hard, been hard because, you know, we, after, after we had a good game against Navy, we just want to play again to really just show our stuff. Well it's been it's been hard, but you know, we we have some stuff during the week and we just uh, had some we still had practice, we still had a little bit of practice, we still worked out. So it was it wasn't a wasted week. So we're all our minds are all still right, this upcoming Troy game. To a certain extent,
2: did the off season and how that played out actually prepare you for a situation like this where you do have a couple of weeks
6: in between games? If you think back, did that prepare you in some ways? Oh, for sure. Because even even when we were we didn't even know we were going to play, like we were still getting our schedule, so we knew that either way we were going to have our buy like buys here and there, but with that upcoming uh them moving the army game, we were all like, dang that's that's a bummer, but we still got to get our minds right onto the next.
2: You personally had one heck of a game against the midshipmen. you set career highs in rushing attempts, yards, touchdowns. What did that type of performance mean to you
6: um, you know it's I was always, always good to have a good game, but I can't really do anything. I can't really have a good game without my O line. That's that's all that's, that was all them right there.
2: Spoken like a true yeah, teammate just... right there, giving everybody else the, the credit. I like it. Yeah, I have to. So you mentioned the O line. Give me an idea of what it's like. We knew going into the season that the O line was gonna be one of the strengths of this team. What's it like running behind those guys?
6: Dude, there's some there's some big dogs. I call I called him the beautiful O line because they might look, they're mean on the outside, but they're all freaking sweet guys on the inside. But they're, 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 they're some dogs. And I'm glad to, even like from the top to bottom, I'm glad to be running behind those guys. Now, even though it won't be with fans, the game is
2: still the home opener at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. What does it mean to you to be able to
6: play at home? It's, it's just like how you said, it's just, it's, a, it's a home game right there. It's playing in Lavelle, the legend, legendary Lavelle Edwards Stadium. It's just always, always good to play home, not having to get that jet lag and all that, but... It's always good to always good to play home and yeah, it's not gonna have fans, but I believe our team's gonna bring the juice as if just like at Navy. Your story is a really good one. Former walk-on, played on defense,
2: you played on both sides of the ball, now getting a chance to to be featured with Lopini running the ball. How would you describe your journey to BYU and then your journey
6: since you got to BYU? You know, it's just always hard work and just all glory to God. Like he I always I live off this uh off the scripture, Philippians 4.13, which is, uh, I can do all things through Christ who straightens me. So, you know, just believing in God and, uh, and just letting him lead my journey and just bringing in the hard work and just staying humble. I think that really just got me to where I am today.
2: You obviously played both sides of the ball in high school, and now you've had an opportunity to do it here. How much do you think that helps
6: you, your versatility? Oh, it, it for sure. For sure. Helped me a lot. Even like when, uh, when some players have like the all or all around like you you know what i mean like it's good it's good to play both sides of the ball and then coming from call coming from high school and then moving on to college. So that's that's good, Tom.
2: There is a ton of confidence on the offensive side of the ball, and certainly for good reason. Earlier in the week, your quarterback, Zach Wilson, said he thinks this is one of the best offenses that BYU's had in a while. What would you consider the strength of the offense? And maybe you touched on it already with the offensive line, but what would you consider the strength, and how good do you think this offense can be?
6: I think we can be number one in the country, I believe. If we just keep our minds right, keep our minds right, stay humble, and just keep doing what we're doing, I think we can be the best. What gets you
2: most excited about this offense? Because you obviously get to see this not just in, in a game situation, but you get to see practices. You get to see these offensive players in the locker room. What, what gets you most excited when you think about the potential of this offense? You
6: no, know, because it, just, we just really worked hard during this offseason. We didn't really play around. We, always, we all had our mind right and just it transferred into the field it really shows a lot to all the players and all the teams and all the offense, especially the defense too. All of those guys, I think the whole team and the special teams, everyone, everyone all around on the team really bought in and really had our minds right during this Corona, that Corona time. So I think it really uh, prepared us to do well. What do you know so far about Troy's defense and what they bring to the table? No, they're, they're a good defense. They're good defense. We watch film on them, but our coaches making up our their schemes and all that and we're trusting it. So we, tr- we trust in Grimes, we trust in Satake, Kurt Satake and all of them. I think they're, they're getting us all ready, all ready, to beat Troy. One of the things
2: that their defense is known for, especially over the last five years, is forcing turnovers. They're one of the best in the country. And obviously, I know every time you guys go out there, you're, you're trying to play clean football. You don't ever want to turn the ball over. How aware of something like that are you during a game,
6: especially when you know that the defense you're facing is really good at forcing turnovers? I feel like personally, for me and for the running backs and receivers, we always, all the coaches chirp on ball security, ball security. So it's just, it's nothing new for us. We just, if they're a big turnover team, just hold it tighter and we should be good. What's that moment
2: going to be like when you guys
6: run out of the tunnel uh, onto the field on Saturday? It's going to be exciting. It's going to be fun. Yeah, I can't wait. All
2: right, let's wrap things up with the final four. Here's your personality questions. All right. If you could have a Zoom conversation with anyone, who would it be? Ooh. I'll say Martin Luther King. What would you ask him? Any
6: idea what you would ask him? Especially with all this injustice coming out right here, just like, dang, how, how'd how you do it? It's really because with all thinking like it feels clear, but there's always going to be injustices here and there, but that's really it. All right. What is your cheat day snack, meal, or dessert?
2: Mm, mm, cheat day snack, meal, You're or dessert. You're thinking a lot, which means you probably have a lot of them there. Am, <laughs> am I guessing that right?
6: <laughs> You're right. Cheat Day Meal. Honestly, Little Caesars Pizza. But you gotta add the crazy style on the pizza.
2: Oh, so you're getting fancy. You're not doing the five dollar thing. You're going all out. Have to. Okay. All right. Nothing wrong with that. What sport would you play if you didn't play football?
6: Soccer. Really? Why soccer? Honestly, I I always cycle through. My mom always with me through a bunch of sports and uh I played soccer and uh, soccer and football in high school, but that was when uh, my freshman year. I was like, uh, it's either soccer or football, and then I just stuck with football.
2: I would be scared to death if I saw you on the uh, on the pitch uh, coming at me. So uh, that would be quite like intimidating. <laughs> All right, last thing: what makes the 2020 BYU football team special?
6: Our hard work dedication to what we believe in. I like it, Tyler.
2: Great job in the win over Navy. Good luck against Troy everybody's excited to have the team back on the field thanks for doing this and and good luck against Troy
6: I really appreciate it thank you
2: all right that was BYU running back Tyler Algier looked amazing in week one at Navy really excited to see what he brings to the table tonight at Lavelle Edwards Stadium coming up next it's the QB read with Riley you're tuned into Cougar pregame live presented by Mountain America Credit Union on the new skin BYU Sports Network
0: This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Alongside Riley Nelson, here's Jason Shepard. Tonight from LaBelle Edwards Stadium, it is the home
2: opener for the BYU Cougars as they host for the very first time ever the Trojans of Troy. Welcome back into to Cougar Pregame Live. It is time for our weekly QB read with Riley. It's our chance to hear from our guy Riley Nelson. Riley, what's your read this week?
3: All right, Jason. Well, stay with me for a second because it has to. Uh, whenever I hear Troy, and as it relates to football, honestly, I got to admit, my first first you know comes to USC Trojans, yes. right? Based in Greek mythology, so we're going to do a little bit of a little Greek mythological test here. Ooh, okay, audience so,
2: participation, I like
3: it. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, the who were the Trojans do you, w- in Greek mythology, and why did the Greeks go to war with them? Um, I'm I'm gonna assume. It was was it over was it over a woman? It was. It was that's where Helen of Troy yes. comes. What what's so interesting, so it was the Greeks versus the Trojans. Helen was actually a Greek who the Greek god Aphrodite had given over to Troy based on their performance in battle. And so the Greeks spent a 10-year fruitless war against them now. This is the first meeting between BYU and Troy, so there hasn't been 10 years of build up and angst before the Trojan horse. But let me ask you this, who built the horse and was able to subterfuge the other per- the other person's stronghold? Was it Troy or was it the Greeks? Um it was it was it was Troy. So the, everybody thinks that because it's called the Trojan Horse. Yes. The Greeks the Greeks built the horse to infiltrate Troy. The uh. Trojans did not actually build the horse. So for that reason that is the lead in for our QB read with Riley. What could be the Trojan Horses or the Greek made uh, essentially what is what are the elements that BYU can use to infiltrate and take advantage, uh, uh, infiltrate this Troy stronghold or, or this uh, Troy football team here tonight. So uh, a few of them as to start running down the list. First of all, last week's game. Last week's game's first small sample size uh, with the cancellation of the Army game. They've only had one game to study. Troy's only had one game of BYU's to study and it was a game where you didn't see the real BYU. You didn't see their true defense that they're going to run. Heck, they didn't even travel their first string corners because they're cover guys. They're not tacklers, right? They essentially put safeties out at corner uh, on the defensive side and then they were able to so early and efficiently establish the run game that they didn't really have to open up the playbook. I mean, don't get me wrong. The offense was extremely efficient, and we saw some things. We saw him go down the field. We saw the the run game be extremely successful. We saw a touchdown on a screen pass to a wide receiver. We saw all of those things, but they didn't really have to open it up completely. So the fact that they've only played one game can be a little bit of a Trojan horse. Secondly, staying with the offensive side because of how strong that run game was that to me I would be licking my chops if I was Zach Wilson and Jeff Grimes as to and I would have spent the last two weeks three weeks really drawing up play actions that you can take advantage of this uh, Troy defense here tonight who tends to want to play a lot of games blitz and create t- opportunities for turnovers play actions great at neutralizing that and getting some big chunk plays down the field secondly I mentioned that the defensive the defense that Troy saw against Navy is not the defense that they're going to see here tonight uh, tr- Troy is an up-tempo pass-happy offense. Now, they're not uh, down-the-field passers, but they do throw the ball around the a yard a lot. And last year we saw BYU sit back, and at times I think it hurt them uh, being very conservative, kind of sitting back waiting for the offense to make a mistake. There's been talk of with the new 4 uh, 5 alignment in defense that that opens up some more games and ability for them to blitz. So I look forward for that. And then lastly, um, Coach Pugh and the familiarity with BYU and the friendship ultimately keep him. So the Trojan horse was a gift. The Greeks essentially were saying, hey, let's make peace. Let's be friends. Similar like, you know, between Grimes and Pugh or uh, the BYU coaching staff and the Troy coaching staff. Hey, let's be friends. But the reality was they had all of those warriors and soldiers in the middle of that horse. So in the middle of the night after they let they let that gift under the guise of being friends, they ransacked the city and, uh, Look, at the end of the day, football is a game where you either win or you lose, and it's way better to win. So let's get those Cougars uh, in the game and have them ransack Troy here tonight. When you turn in
2: to Cougar Pregame Live, you know you're going to be entertained. We take it up another level. We also educate. You had no idea tuning into this program tonight that you were going to be educated on Greek mythology. And I think I speak for everyone Riley when I say thank you. Educain
3: ed- Edutainment Jason my pleasure. That is exactly what we Here's my question. Which one is Brad Pitt tonight? <laughs> so here's the interesting thing about that. Yes. Achilles In the movie of yes. Troy, they actually inserted Achilles. At, like, Hector and Alexander and the Achaeans, <laughs> like, all of that was legit. But, like, in the actual Homer's Odyssey, Achilles didn't actually play much of a role in the Battle of Troy. Because if you do remember in the movie, his little cousin that gets injured in battle, mm-hmm. he was he was not in the Trojan horse because he was tending to his cousin who was on his deathbed. So he, he's part of the general story. But uh, let's say tonight Brad Pitt is, uh, I don't know, Jason, you get to... You get to decide who Brad Pitt is. I was going to say, you're going to be Brad Pitt because of the abs. <laughs> okay, up here
2: in the booth. I'll yes. take it. Yes, all right, there we go. All right, great stuff as always. Riley Nelson with the QB read with Riley. Reward yourself with My Style checking from Mountain America. Earn points toward travel, gift cards, events, and more. Details at macu.com slash MyStyle. Membership required based on eligibility. Coming up next, we'll visit with a voice, Greg Rebell. Cougar Pregame Live, presented by Mountain America Credit Union, continues next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: Let's get you back to Jason Shepard and Riley Nelson for more Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back, BYU and Troy coming your way tonight from Lavelle
2: Edwards Stadium, the home opener for the BYU Cougars. And joining us now is the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Greg, I know you are extremely excited to finally be back at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, calling a football game, aren't you?
1: Even though the stands will be empty tonight, Chef, <laughs> uh, it is great to be sitting where we are tonight. Uh, great to have Riley to my left, be chatting with you, uh, see the BYU emblazoned in the seats across the way from us, see the see the floodlights lit and see uh, teams having already warmed up to get ready for an 8.15, 8.20 p.m. Mountain Time kickoff. Football is back in Provo for the first of many home games, we hope. Again, right now it's a very home-heavy schedule facing BYU the rest of the way. We'll see what other games populate, uh, whether here or somewhere else. But we know that six of BYU's next seven scheduled games are for this venue. And yes, it is great to be back.
2: I think we are all very curious to know who will be playing and who will not. Uh, Because of the news coming out from his dad on social media, we know that right guard Tristan Hodge not going to play tonight. Also, Chaz Ayu uh, mentioned on social media that he had uh, season-ending surgery, so he's not going to play. After almost three weeks in between games, how is BYU looking personnel-wise heading into this game?
1: Well, Kalani will tell us in our pregame interview here shortly that it won't be a full deck, but he says the depth is there to help compensate for uh, the, the small number of absences. And, and uh, I, I think a, a number that got mentioned earlier today uh, via espn and then on social media incorporated more than just the COVID situation we're talking about season ending injuries and and there, there was there was a lot going into that so i don't think uh, people should be terribly alarmed about the number that was uh talked about earlier because that already talks about things that we already knew about um you know matt bushman and and hinkley Ropati and guys who aren't going to be able to play so uh it, it's not dire uh, by any stretch and and uh, uh isaiah kafusi you see his name float around but he was warming up uh, tonight um they, they will be down a couple of o-linemen uh tristan hodge you mentioned Keeper longson as well uh not expected to be available tonight so they're, they're a little bit down and you could be you could see some shuffling on the o-line as a result but but the way i have it reshuffled right now shep if it goes the way i think it's going to go you still got a ton of starts on the o-line I would see a 27-game starter, a five-game starter, a 27-game starter, a 13-game starter, and a seven-game starter. If they go with the reconfigured O line the way I expect it to be tonight, the backfield looks solid. Uh, you know, Zach is going to play, and Lopini and Tyler are going to play. They have thrown a couple of guys in for extra depth, Miles Davis among them. And we know that uh, you know Kavika Fonua, uh, you know, could move there if needs be. Uh, we already have Luke Andrada and, and Chase Wester uh, who saw some time there at Navy, so they're, they're going to be okay. But you really hope that the Top two guys stay healthy. That's Katoa and Algier. Uh, the wideouts are a healthy group. You already know what happened with Bushman. Nothing's really changed there at tight end. Uh, defensively, uh, they're down a couple of backup safeties, a couple DBs. You mentioned Chaz Ayou to be the Gagne and not expected to go tonight. So there are a couple of. Uh uh, deeper on the depth chart, guys who might uh, be pushed into action due to injury. Should anything happen to Zane Anderson or Troy Warner, heaven forbid, tonight. But you hope they can go all the way. Uh, generally speaking, it's 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 okay. I mean, uh, it, it's it's again maybe not the fullest deck, but uh, by no means uh, are, are they in a uh, in an emergency situation by any stretch.
3: Yeah, Greg. Um, so. <laughs> On that def- sticking, sorry, you mentioned some injuries on the back end of the defense and BYU. There's been a little bit of talk, not not a ton, but because of the strength of that they have in the in the defensive backs, and uh, and wanting to mix up a system that at times uh, didn't deliver for them on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, what have you heard of this you know four two five supposedly that they're yeah. running a- and the scheme that that's gonna debut tonight because it didn't debut against Navy because you run a very specific defense right and
1: and and this is kind of a uh, overdrive in that Troy's gonna be four wide running ten personnel most of the night so uh, a-, a name that some if fans, fans are, are familiar with, but you might see a lot more of. For example, would be a, a George Udo. And, and Udo could be starting the game and, and be essentially your nickel in this case. And you could see a healthy uh, a healthy uh, uh, deployment uh, of George Udo throughout the night tonight. So if it goes, and, and we should note, uh, C- Chris Wilcox is back, and, and so this is a guy that that BYU fans hoped would be a starting corner is now finally able to be that. So I would expect it to go like this. I would I would look for Wilcox and Micah Harper. On the corners now, Micah Harper wore jersey number five. I think at Navy will be jersey number one tonight. So if you see a one man in corner, that'll be Micah Harper. He's a freshman, but he's done enough to to get trust of coaches to play and start as a freshman. So uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it goes Wilcox, Harper at corners with Udo at the nickel, and your safeties being Warner and Anderson. That's a pretty solid group. Again, if if, if, if those five guys play most of your snaps, I think they feel. Um, you know, well suited to take on Troy's four wide tonight. But the the, the four wide receivers Troy threw out there, tons of experience. Everybody who, as Jerry told you earlier, Jerry Miller, the uh, Troy radio analyst, the guys who caught the ball last year for a departing quarterback are now back to, back to help the new guy. And uh, there's a lot of experience to catch balls on uh, on that Troy uh, sideline tonight and on the field. And uh, it's it's a nice matchup. Uh, you know, Troy's again. A tempo team that's going to test you as much as it tests the team tonight Riley you're going to have to really work to get your stuff in tonight because Troy's going to run a play uh, they're going to set the ball and they're going to be snapping in the next you know it feels like five to six seconds and so the things you share are going to be have to share you know are are going to be shared in a really brief span of time and you're going to be reading uh, the Trojans as much as BYU is tonight
3: What's yeah, nice, I've been wa- Oh, sorry, no, Jason. No, go ahead. Just, go ahead, Rob. I was just going to say, I've been... So, when you're a player, you watch film. When you're in the broadcast room, you, you listen to old broadcasts. And I went back to the old, uh, when Chip Kelly was at Oregon. No, I'm just kidding. I don't have... A, I wouldn't even know where to get access <laughs> to those. But I imagine it would be something a lot like that.
2: Greg, what's the biggest concern? I don't even know if concern is the right word, but what area are you focusing in most knowing BYU has not played a game in three weeks?
1: Well, they were awful sharp uh, for an opener with just uh, one penalty for five yards and very good on third downs. It was efficient. Uh, they were they were moving the ball on first down, second down, third down. There really wasn't a bad quarter or a bad down for BYU. So many things went well at Navy, and that's not necessarily the game you expect coming out of the shoots, traveling cross country, having just gone through a COVID camp, if you will, but that's how BYU looked. And so The question is, can they be as sharp three weeks later? Uh, You'd hope to be. And in a lot of ways, as Kalani will tell us in his pregame interview, it's kind of a second crack at a season opener. But he said, uh, more for the defense than the offense, because the defense has, as Riley noted, such a different approach to play tonight. Um, they, they, They took on a completely one style of offense at Navy. With a, a totally different type of deployment relative to personnel on the BYU defensive side, and they look much more traditional tonight. Kalani says, "For the offense, I, I don't want them to treat it like a like a second season opener. I want them to just do what they did the first time around because they were so good in Annapolis. And there are a lot of ways to, you know, represent." Um, just how efficient they were, and we could also throw the red zone into that. Officially, they're 6-for-7, Shep, but in reality, they were 6-for-6 because the last drive of the game was a kneel-down drive, and they could have scored had they intended to. They did not. And so really, every time BYU got in a position to score, they did, and four of the six possessions were touchdowns, and that was really where BYU struggled last year, was getting it in for six after getting inside the 20, and that was fixed in the first game as well. So all the things BYU did really well, In in a a curious opener, you hope can continue here at home almost three weeks later. And as we talked about, uh, uh, I think on social this week, Jason, uh, it's the longest regular season gap between games since the 9-11 year in 2001 when BYU went 21 days between games.
2: Very curious to see how that that angle of tonight's game plays out. Uh, Before we let both of you go, uh, for those that uh, enjoy watching Greg Rubel throughout the week... On BYU TV, on the apps, whether it's Coordinators Corner, whether it's uh, BYU Football with Head Coach Kalani Today today's your day because you get more Greg Rubel visuals. Uh, there is something that is debuting tonight. During the radio broadcast, would you like to let everybody know how they can watch more Greg Rubel tonight?
1: Well, in part because the fans aren't going to be in the stands to enjoy everything with us tonight. Uh, BYU football and uh, BYU athletics and uh, and the great uh, video and social crews are debuting a second screen experience for fans tonight. And so you can go to BYU football's Twitter feed and or Facebook page. And enjoy the second screen experience with social media content and commentary, live stats, and yes, a live radio booth cam. So in addition to hearing what we're saying, you can now watch us while we say it, if that's your thing. And so, uh, yes, the the booth cam uh, will debut tonight as part of the second screen experience. And again, find it on the BYU football Twitter feed and Facebook page.
2: Great stuff! Uh, I'm I'm going to tune in. I want to I want to experience that myself. I get to experience you know I get to experience. <laughs> you know what, how it goes, Jason. Yes, you've I been, do. You, You've
1: been in here. You've been here <laughs> many times yes. during the game. Yes, but
2: I am gonna I'm gonna experience it with the fans and, yes. uh, and be a part of this tonight. So great stuff as always. Great information. We'll hear your your conversation with Kalani coming up in just a little bit. Thank you and Chef, both. Yes,
1: and, and since you'll be watching, let me know if I need to fix my hair at any point tonight. <laughs> Will do. Will <laughs> yeah. do. Okay. Great
2: stuff, guys. Thank you so yeah. much. We'll hear from you guys in about a half an hour. Thanks, Jeff. There we go. That's Greg Rubel and Riley Nelson. We're going to pause 10 seconds for station identification, then take a very short break. On the other side, we'll talk with Mitch Jurgens as Cougar Pregame Live continues on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Jason Shepard.
2: It's the BYU Cougars and the Troy Trojans tonight from Lavelle Edwards Stadium. It is the 2020 home opener here in beautiful Provo, Utah. Jason Shepard with you, getting you ready for the matchup tonight. Joined now by former BYU wide receiver. He is our sideline reporter on the radio broadcast. He is the one and only Mitchell Juergens. Hi, Mitch. How you doing, man?
7: I'm doing good. How are you doing, Jason?
2: Doing great. Uh, I miss you in the booth. I know, I know. Because of some restrictions <laughs> in with numbers in the booth, I'm actually back in our BYU radio studios. Um, so, so next year I'll be back in there. But obviously, you know, there's there's restrictions that have never been in place before, and so that's just one of the things for this season. So I, I miss seeing you guys in person, but uh, I will continue to enjoy every every word you guys say on the broadcast. Uh, from just just across the street, essentially. Awesome. So uh, awesome. here's my question for you. Cougar offense looked really, really good at Navy. That was about as good of a debut as you could ask for. The pieces are certainly there. I've heard a lot of players talk about this being the best offense they've seen in a really long time at BYU. What aspect of the offense do you think is the easiest to replicate week in and week out?
7: Yeah, so, you know, what what should be the easiest to replicate, in, in my mind, you know, you look at tonight's game again, especially with no fans and crowd noise, you know, once again in the stadium, just like we saw last, well, three weeks ago um, against Navy, um, limiting the offensive penalties should be something that is a focus every single week, and you can replicate because I, I, I'm a big believer of control what you can control, um, and that's one of those things, right? No matter... What Troy does um, from a defensive perspective, um, you know, they can come out and replicate, just do what you can control, which is be clean, be sharp, be crisp. Now you look at last week or three weeks ago against Navy and, they were very sharp. And so, you know, Greg kind of mentioned this just a couple minutes ago. It's it's hard to be as sharp when you were that sharp before, um, but it can certainly be a focus. And I'm, I mean, with no fans in the stadium is, you know, I was, I was on the field last week and it was such a unique experience, but I mean, I've been in games when it's loud, the stadium is roaring and it's difficult sometimes. I mean, you get distracted by the crowd noise. Um And so they're not going to face that tonight. Um, they can come out and be as crisp and clean as they can. And I think continuing. To replicate that part of the offense, which we saw last week, one penalty for five yards. Yep. BYU wasn't in positions to really hurt themselves um, to sustain drives or, or get first downs because they had those manageable downs. Where with Navy, we saw them; they had some offensive penalties and they got pushed back to third and ten, third and 15, third and nineteen, and it just that kills momentum. It kills a, an offense, and so um, that's one of the things that I think you can replicate. Um, Because it comes down to doing what you can control, and that's being sharp. And and a lot of that goes into the preparation.
2: What areas on either side of the ball do you think BYU can exploit against Troy tonight?
7: Yeah, so just like we saw against Navy, uh, you know, BYU has the size advantage um, in BYU's O-line to Troy's D-line. Um, so, so I'm not sure if they'll be able to be as, as efficient in rush yards per attempt as they were against Navy. You know, we saw astounding numbers. Tyler was at 9.4 yards per attempt. Lopini at 8.0. Um, but, I mean, you look at Troy, they did a great job against the Middle Tennessee, only allowed 87 yards rushing um, in their, you know, lone game this season so far. Um, but with that said, I mean, I do think BYU can pave some big running lanes for these backs again tonight as they do have that size advantage. Um, and I tell you, I mean, this BYU offensive line, they're mean, they're dirty. Um, they are dominant, and it, it's, it's hard to hear the injury, or not the injury, um, obviously the Tristan Hodge, you know, not being able to play because yeah. of pneumonia. Um, and, you know, heart goes out to him. You hope he can recover and get back out on the field. But we saw very Im- an impressive performance from the second offensive line. I mean, these guys looked like they hadn't missed a step. They were big. They were fierce. And, and so I think this is a huge you know, portion of the game where let's, ex- I mean, they, they should be able to exploit that. Just having that size advantage, having that experience. There's so many starts on that offensive line as you compile that together, I mean, that would, that's going to create that that rhythm, that consistency, and so I think this you know, should be another, another big performance for the O-line tonight.
2: I want to ask you about Gunnar Romney, and I think what makes his performance at Navy even more incredible was the fact that he, he actually didn't even catch the first two passes that came to yep. him, and the first yep. one, the very first offensive play of the game was a deep ball for at least 40 or 50 yards that he would have added on top of it, but he looked extremely dangerous at Navy. He leads FBS in yards per catch at 33 half yards. What are your expectations for him this season?
7: Yeah, I mean, no doubt. I expect Gunner to have a great season. He's clearly Zach's, you know, top go-to target at receiver, especially with Matt Bushman being out. Um, You know, he's taking on that additional role to be the number one downfield weapon, and we saw last week he can do it. Um, You know, and... and the, the first game, you always have those first game jitters. So you talked about it, right? They missed those two first connections. Um, Gunner probably could have came down with both of those balls, but he he got a game under his belt. He's ready to go. He can be, and I fully expect Gunner to lead in every receiving category, right? Receptions, receiving yards, touchdowns. Um, with that said, though, I'm a I'm still huge a huge fan of Neil Pau and Dax Milne, yeah. and and so I don't know how much of a gap, you know, I don't expect to see. Gunner completely take. I mean, his his numbers being far superior to Neels and Dax's because I really do. I mean, expect this to be a three headed monster as far as um, weapons that Zach Wilson is going to have from a receiver standpoint, and and all of these guys are going to put up some big numbers and and have great seasons. But you know, definitely Gunner being the leader of that group and has every opportunity as Zach's top target uh, to do just that. Yeah, so.
2: I'm really excited about this matchup tonight. I, I'm very curious to see the offense because like I said the, the way they played at Navy was so impressive right out of the gate with three weeks in between I'm really excited to see the evolution of the offense with a, a little bit more time to prepare for the opponent I, I'm excited to see what happens tonight I mean I'm
7: excited for this game I really am yeah, no, it's, uh, it, I mean, anytime you go three weeks without a game, I mean, we we need football. We need to see that, you know, the Cougs back on the field. And um, and, and, and you know they are too, right? I, I'm sure a lot of guys were, um, it was hard to hear that that Army game got canceled. I know they were looking forward to it. Army had put some dominant wins on the board. And, and so not having that, I mean, these guys are going to come out with some some true intensity that's like, hey, we haven't played in three weeks. We, w- we just want to play football. And I think we're going to hear it. We're going to feel it. Uh, and we're going to see it tonight.
2: Mitch, great stuff as always. Always fun to talk with you. We'll hear you uh, from the sidelines with Greg and Riley later on tonight. Thanks, man. Yep, thanks, Jason. You bet. On the other side, we'll hear from Troy head coach Chip Lindsey. That's next on Cougar Pregame Live, presented by Mountain America Credit Union on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: You're tuned to Cooper Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Jason Shepard. BYU and Troy coming your way in about 50 minutes or so right here on the new skin,
2: BYU Sports Network, home opener at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. The Trojans coached by second-year head coach Chip Lindsey, one of the bright offensive minds in college football. I caught up with him earlier this week. Here's our conversation. Coach, when you've only played one game, I guess you can't do any better than being 1-0. and What did you like about the win at Middle Tennessee, and what areas do you think there is the most room for improvement heading into game two?
8: Obviously excited to go on the road and get a win and, and get off to a great start. I think that was the, the number one thing that we took from that game. Obviously, uh, we got a lot of work to do still. We understand that, but I like the way our team responded. And, you know, after all the kind of uncertainty in preseason camp of, who we're playing, when we're playing, where, and all that. And I think our team did a nice job of trying to stay focused on working on Troy and improving every day and uh, just being ready for whoever, whoever we had to play. But lots to improve on, and uh, but it, it was a good start, and it was good to get a win.
2: We were able to watch that game. It was on national television, and, and without us playing on Saturday, I had uh, the ability to sit and watch the entire game. And I have to say, Coach, I was very impressed with Gunnar Watson. He made his first start at quarterback. What aspects of his game made him the choice at QB?
8: Well, I think I think Gunnar's been with me now a year and a half, so very familiar with our system. I think that that helped. He's a he's an accurate guy. He's very tough, uh, smart guy, understands the entire offense, can get us and the right protections and checks in the run game and stuff like that. So just felt like, you know, early on in camp, he was the one that was the most consistent. And, uh, you know, that's why we went with him as a starter. And it was a good good first start for him. Still, obviously, a lot of ways he can improve, and uh, he understands that. But it it was a good start for him and uh, good to get his feet wet. Of course, this test this week will be uh, totally different. So uh, we're hoping he'll handle it as well as he did last week.
2: How has your team in general handled everything – on the outside in terms of the pandemic and, and, the constant testing things that normally you just don't have to worry about during a college football season. How do you feel your team has handled it to this point?
8: Uh, you know what? I've been really proud of our guys. Uh, we kind of made a commitment back in January, uh, to try to rebrand our team and what we call Trojan tough. We want our team to be a lot tougher mentally and physically. And uh, so this was a great test for us. Obviously had no idea the pandemic was coming. We didn't know we'd get that kind of test, but it was a good test for us to perform on the field and off the field academically and so forth, doing all that during a pandemic. And, you know, a lot of it being online and so forth. So I think it was, it was good for our team. You know, it helped. Bring us maybe closer together in a lot of ways. All those Zoom meetings and things we had to deal with before we could get back together, and I think our teams just kind of set their jaw that hey, whatever whatever we're we're was put in front of us, we're going to handle it and uh, attack it the best way we can, and and not worry about all the things that we can't control. And that's kind of been our number one message again. Let's worry about the things that we can control. And- Don't worry about other
2: things. Talking with Chip Lindsey, the head coach of the Troy Trojans. Obviously, the one thing offensively that really stood out to me was just how quickly the offense moves from snap to snap. How much pleasure do you take in watching opposing defenses scramble to either make substitutions at breakneck speed or get into position before the next snap? Because you guys really want to move quickly.
8: Well, I mean, you know, it's just kind of – who we who we are and how we want to play. Obviously to do that you have to get, you know, good first down plays to get going. You know, for from our standpoint, we just feel like playing with some tempo gives us some kind of advantage, you know, whatever whatever that advantage might be, whether it's uh making the defense play more snaps or, or uh, you know, maybe trying to wear some teams down, that's kind of what what we've gone with is our philosophy and really that's been here for a long time know, way back when I was an assistant here in 2010 it's just kind of who we are and we try to hang our hat on that and uh, obviously you got to have good first down plays and get first downs for it to really happen and uh, we'll be tested tremendously this week for sure
2: On the other side of the football defensively and this is probably an understatement you, you guys have shown a fantastic job at being able to force turnovers for the opposition that's something you guys have been one of the best in the country over the last couple of seasons how would you describe your defense and and that side of the ball's mentality
8: well I think I think that's one of the things we wanted to improve on this year last year we dipped a little bit but you're right traditionally here in the last few handful of years that's something that, that, that the defenses here at Troy have been known for and you know last year we we uh, played a lot of young guys had lots lot some depth issues for a lot of different reasons and you know we're able to get some uh do, do a good job recruiting and filling some voids that we needed to fill and You know, that showed up this past week. Uh, We were able to create a few turnovers. And any time you do that, the offense needs to take advantage of it, obviously. And at times we did that. And uh, that's going to be a key to us having success for the entire year is kind of play off each other get turnovers and turn those things into points and uh, we did a good job of that last week and we're going to need to do some of that this week as well to have a chance the
2: troy program has a history of big wins against name programs what are your thoughts on the opportunity to travel to provo to face byu because certainly with the history of this program it does not seem that facing a ranked team or a name team has phased this program
8: Yeah, I think if you look at the history, that's true. I mean, each year is different. I do think that a lot of our kids come to Troy for the opportunity to play some of these big-name programs, and uh, BYU, no exception to that. And, you know, for us, I think it's it's just kind of exciting. I mean, it's going to challenge us from a a mentality of uh, traveling across the country and playing, and it'll test our resolve and our toughness, which is something that I think is good for us, especially early in this year, this uh, conference we're in is uh, as good as it's ever been, in my opinion. I've, I've been around this conference for a long time, the Sun Belt Conference, uh, if you look around the country. So this is a really good test for our guys, an opportunity to maybe get battle tested before we head into conference play. And uh, we're looking forward to that opportunity. We understand the, you know, we understand that BYU's got a really good football team, but it's something I think we're looking forward to uh to doing and and uh, hopefully we'll play play well and play extremely hard and uh like I said try to get battle tested early in the season.
2: What specifically stands out to you about BYU? Obviously there's just the one game to look at against Navy, but anything particular stand out about the Cougars on on either side of the football for you?
8: Yeah, you know, I just think they're just obviously big and physical on both sides. I mean, um I think they're very disciplined, very well coached. Uh just they do what they do really well and I think it's uh, a mature football team from what I can tell and like the veteran quarterback they have. But, you know, those are all important factors to having a good football team. I think I think they're just a really, really solid football team. And, uh, you know, like I said, it, it'll be a huge challenge for us.
2: BYU's size and physicality that you just mentioned, that, that's something that I really feel like as the season goes on, that, that's something that BYU wants to utilize as one of its biggest strengths. How do you feel like your team matches up to BYU's size? Oh,
8: yeah, they're going to be more, more, have more size than we are, for sure. I mean, I think when you just look at the pure depth chart, but you know, at the same time, I mean, there's areas I think that that uh that kind of evens out some. I just think obviously when you look at the uh up front on both sides of the ball, I think there's there's uh, a side of difference, but at the same time, I mean, sometimes the way we play offense and defense helps us in that regard. Uh, we'll definitely find out of that on, on Saturday for sure.
2: You ever been to Provo? You ever been to the state of Utah? Where you would this be your very first time here?
8: No, actually, uh, you know, I was at Arizona State for a year and recruited uh. Some guys in that area, a couple quarterbacks down at Lehigh High School, and actually drove down to Provo. That when I was on that trip, just growing up and knowing the history of BYU and offensively what they had done there over the years, all the great quarterbacks. So I got to I got to drive through and see it a little bit. And, uh it's it's a neat looking place. It really is.
2: Well, thanks so much for taking the time. Uh, safe travels out this way, and uh, should be a good one on Saturday night. Thank you so much, Coach.
8: Thanks for having me. Appreciate it.
2: That was the head coach of the Troy Trojans, Chip Lindsey. Appreciate him taking a few minutes this week. Back to wrap things up after this, and we'll hand things off to Greg, Riley, and Mitch coming up in just a minute on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Jason Shepard. That's it for me. Coming up next is the
2: Zions Bank Cougar Pregame Coaches Show with Greg Rubel and Kalani Satake. You're listening to BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: It's time to preview today's matchup with head coach Kalani Satake. It's the Cougar Pregame Coaches Show presented by Zions Bank. For banking that helps you game plan for life, Zion's Bank is for you. The Cougar Pregame Coaches Show is also brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America, guiding members forward for more than 80 years. Let's rejoin Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel.
1: Good evening, Cougar football fans, and welcome inside Lavelle Edwards Stadium in Provo, Utah. Two weeks after BYU's home opener was originally scheduled, And almost three weeks since the Cougars' last game. It is the first home game of the 2020 season. And for BYU, a second straight game with no fans in the stands as the Cougs follow up a season opening win at Navy by taking on Troy for the first time ever. I'm your play-by-play broadcaster, Greg Rubel, joined in our broadcast booth by the former BYU quarterback, the slinging, scrambling south by himself, Riley Nelson. And Riley, it's been, yes, 19 days since BYU last played and not since 2001 and the days of 9-11 has BYU had a longer break between regular season games and over the last 19 days, a lot's gone on. The team has seen uh, some, 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 some more COVID cases and that canceled the big game in Army. Our practices were called off, some personnel groups were depleted and, and the hopes are there, of course, that there are enough guys in the right places for BYU to hopefully look as sharp as it did in the opener and the Cougars really manhandled the midshipmen 55-3.
3: Yeah, as well as they handled the first debut this this is really week one part two. I mean, this is almost like the second start to the season. The SEC kicked off this weekend. The Big 12 kicked off this weekend. And it's almost like BYU is kicking off again with with that huge, long layoff. Also, another thing contributing to a, being like a brand new start to the season in, the, in that uni- Navy posed a very unique, isolated challenge. Troy is much more like they're going to see throughout the rest of the season in the fact that they, they do spread formations on offense. They throw some tempo in there on the defensive side of the ball. They're trying to heat you up, create some turnovers and so i'm excited to see how the cougars meet that challenge in week one part two
1: well both byu and troy have seen uh, games come off their schedules due to COVID concerns as a result both teams have played only one game both the cougars and the trojans one to know byu ranked in the top 25 while troy is a sunbelt conference team receiving votes When we come back, we'll hear from BYU head coach Kalani Sitake about uh, how the personnel challenges of the last couple of weeks have affected his team coming into tonight's game and what challenges the Troy offense under former BYU assistant coach Ryan Pugh. Present to the Cougs in this most unusual home opener. We'll get Kalani's comments coming up next as the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show continues for banking that helps you game plan for life. Zions Bank is for you. This is BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: The Cougar pregame Coaches Show continues once again. Here's the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel.
1: We are back inside Lovell Edwards Stadium in Provo for BYU and Troy tonight uh, with this reminder that when the Cougars win, you win with Papa John's Pizza. With a BYU win tonight, the pizza will be 50% off at papajohns.com using the online promo code BYU50. That's BYU 50 on Monday. This offer is good at any Utah location. Well, the Troy University Trojans out of the state of Alabama, they're the 83rd different FBS team BYU's faced all time. There will be, after tonight, 46 FBS programs the Cougars have never faced and BYU will take on four of those 46 in the month of October. At least they're scheduled to. Louisiana Tech, UTSA, Texas State, and Western Kentucky will all be first-time meetings. We are two weeks removed from the date originally scheduled for BYU's home opener. It was supposed to be Michigan State here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium and it was supposed to be a full house too. Tonight, Spartans are replaced by Trojans and a sellout has been replaced by a lockout. No fans allowed in the stands, not for tonight's game and not for next Friday night's home game with La Tech. For BYU head coach Kalani Sitake, tonight marks his fifth home opener. He's 1-3 in home debuts with the one win coming in the four-win season of 2017 against the FCS opponent Portland State. And it's rare that BYU's not facing a P5 foe to open the home season. Over the last 25 years, BYU's opened against non-P5 competition only six times tonight's game with Troy is a 7th and by the way BYU 6 and 0 in those 6 games time now to hear from BYU's head coach who had his team really ready to go in the season opener at Navy now almost 3 weeks later the question for Kalani Sitake is how much tonight's game feels like a season opener take 2
5: yeah it's it's a a, a lot like that you know and i think that uh, uh for especially for the defensive side because it's such a, a different scheme now than what we were preparing you know for Navy and army you know and so um, that that's kind of been like a rebirth of fall camp for the for the defensive guys for offensive guys has been mostly just you know being consistent uh, focusing on execution and uh, trying to get you know a, a, a better feel for each other on the field uh, that they that they I thought they did well on on uh, you know in the Navy game but trying to get more of that connection and that uh, you know familiar being familiar with each other on the field with the, with the new guys so it's been it's been a really positive thing
1: a lot's gone on for your team between that first game and the second and anytime a team gets affected by COVID in one, one way or another the question's always going to be are you going to have enough guys your full group the next game how do you look that way personnel wise right now
5: yeah obviously you know it's not the entire group but uh, we'll just we want to keep playing football and, and and I think we'll just uh, we've we've always bragged about our depth this year, and and now we got to test it. You know, and that's okay. Well, guys moving positions. We've 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 uh, trained our guys and, and done a lot of different things, even on offense and defense. Being able to have guys be able to play other positions um, on defense, we've played a lot of different guys at different spots, uh, and all that cross training is is going to pay off for us, especially when you're dealing with injuries. And in the injury uh, issue, you have to include COVID as as part of the deal.
1: Quite the contrast from Navy to Troy in terms of styles of offense you're going to be defending, right? You go from flexbone and and a team that uh, didn't even get to 50 plays to four wide group that almost snapped 100 plays against Middle Tennessee.
5: Exactly, and and the 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 carryover though is that it's physical football. So up front, Navy very physical, you know, a lot of cut blocks. Uh, Troy a little different, not as many cut blocks. They still cut as well, but. Uh, a lot of physical blocks up front. So we're still going to be a, have to expect a physical game. Going to have to test our toughness. And I think that's what our guys are built for. So we're looking forward to this physical game.
1: A lot of 10 personnel, so a lot of four wide from Troy. But that said, they also ran the ball 55 times against Middle Tennessee with good backs.
5: Yeah, I mean, don't let the spread games deceive you. you know? They're, they're, they're sp- um, pretty well balanced. Ran for a lot of yards and, ran, like you said, ran over 50 times. And so they... They want to pound the ball, and but they have you know the, the their typical spread offense that allows them to give them the, the 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 pass option off of the off of the run. So uh, you know we we have to be really disciplined. To, so there's a lot of carryover and, and some of the lessons that we learned from Navy, and we're hoping to find some consistency in doing it from week one to week two.
1: Are you at all surprised that Ryan Pugh and Chip Lindsay are running this kind of offense at all? Did you kind of sense this is what they would do?
5: Yeah, it's in their background, and I think this is working with their talent. They do a lot of uh, four-wide sets and three-wide sets, you know, and so they, they're they very, uh, uh, very much in line with the spread game that you see from so many offenses out there, and, and they have really good, creative, innovative minds, and so I know they're going to try to utilize the talent as much as they can. They do have a physical line, and uh, we're just going to have to be really well balanced in the way we defend them as well. And I think that you know, defensively, we, we have a lot of things I think that we can bring to the table and, and, and match up with them.
1: What do you like about your offense right now? A lot of targets went away without Matt, and we saw where some of those targets would go in the Navy game, and wide receiver core is going to see quite a few of those.
5: Yeah, I just want to see the same efficiency from our from our, our front in the run and the pass game. And then uh, making wise decisions with, with with the ball as a quarterback when he distributes the ball out there, and and uh, everyone just making big plays. I, I mentioned that in week one against Navy how impressed I was with the receivers blocking downfield. I expect to see the same thing, uh, same consistency this week, and just looking forward to seeing those guys get out and play. It's been a while, so I know they've been, uh, you get that sense in the middle of uh, prep this week that they're just getting sick of seeing uh, the defense, our defense, and they want to move on and, and get to an opponent. So this is uh this there's a lot of uh excitement and going into this game just to, just to, the fact that we're here you know i know the guys are really excited to be be at this point game day
1: you move some different guys into the backfield with running back depth being a bit of an issue how close is uh is final, do you think to, to getting back and helping that crew
5: very close he practiced uh, uh this week and looked really good um i think if you ask him he he wants to play now but <laughs> I think the one thing we need to do is make sure that Desire doesn't overcome what's right, you know, what, what's the best thing for his longevity. So we, we do have some depth at, at running back. We've obviously tested it. Uh, we, we feel really good about the duo right now, but we also think that there's some guys that have really stepped up in the last couple of weeks and shown that they can be trusted to provide the depth, even though they are kind of new to the game and new to uh, the, the experience of game day.
1: Finally, Kalani, you so appreciate the fans that fill the stands at Lavelle Edwards Stadium every week, and they won't be with you for this game. What are your thoughts for them and about them as you play a game without them?
5: Well, I told the players, they'll be with us just in a different way. You know what I mean? And and our players know that. We we, we feel it. We can sense it. We, we know that there's so much uh, love and, and support out there. And, and uh, you know, we, obviously we can't Um, entertain them in person but we're looking forward to do it on on tv and and radio and and radio yeah and and just getting to the point where like these guys can just feel it you know i i recommend that all the fans watch it on tv but listen to you on the on the radio so that's the best way to do it i think that's that's the the you get the most efficiency from a cougar experience doing it that way
1: oh you're very kind kalani best of luck in this one and we will talk to you post game
5: appreciate it let's go
4: all right,
1: that is BYU head coach Kalani Sitake leading us into the homey home field advantage brought to you by Homey who reminds you that there's no place like home playing in front of Cougar fans who have your back. Homie's got your back, saving you sweet cash when buying or selling a home. Call it your Homie home field advantage. And tonight, we talk about BYU's uh, lengthy win streak in home openers against teams outside of the Power Five. It's a streak that goes all the way back to 1994 and Kalani's first home game as a Cougar player. BYU lost that game, 28-21 to Colorado State. Since then, BYU has won its last six Lavelle Edwards Stadium openers against non-P5 foes. This has been the Zions Bank Cougar Pre-Game Coaches Show. For banking that helps you game plan for life, Zions Bank is for you. We are back to Lavelle Edwards Stadium in Provo right after this as coverage of Cougar football continues on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: Kickoff is just around the corner. You're tuned to the BYU Store Cougar Kickoff Show. The BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The Cougar Kickoff Show is also brought to you by Bailey's Moving. We move with you every step of the way since 1952. BYU Dining, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. And by Utah Community Credit Union. Get more house, same payment at UCCU. It's what we do. Let's head live to the Mo Betta's broadcast booth alongside Riley Nelson. Here's the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel.
1: Good evening once again, Cougar Nation. Welcome back inside Lovell Edwards Stadium in Provo for the second game of the BYU football season. But the first game in the friendly confines, maybe not as friendly as usual tonight, of course. Uh, BYU, their plan to have 6,000 fans in the stands was uh, nixed with the uh, Provo and Orem this week coming under stricter COVID-related crowd control measures. No spectators tonight and none allowed for next Friday night's home game with La Tech. We'll see at that point whether designations will allow fans back in the stands at some point this season. Let's pause for a quick second as we actually do have our national anthem being played over the loudspeakers in a pre-recorded rendition here tonight in Provo. Our national anthem and fans, uh, even though you can't uh, be with us here at the stadium tonight, uh, we're glad you're joining us as we share what we see and hear with all of you. This is the BYU Store Cougar Kickoff Show brought to you by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tonight it is BYU home to Troy. In our first ever meeting between these two programs, my name is Greg Grubell Former BYU quarterback Riley Nelson is my broadcast partner. We're joined in the broadcast booth by engineer Michael Wimmer, spotter Andrew Gray. Down on the field, former BYU wide receiver Mitchell Juergens. Mitch reporting from the Zions Bank end zone for banking that helps you game plan for life. Zions Bank is for you. Back at the BYU Radio studio, our pregame halftime and postgame host is Jason Shepard. The rest of our broadcast crew, BYU radio engineers Barry Squires and Sean Fay, coordinating producer Terry. South, control board operators Cole Wissinger and Liam Howard, our stats man Ralph Sokolowski with us in the booth, and back at the studio, broadcast intern Caleb Lemming tonight. We're glad to have you with us on the new skin, BYU Sports Network, our satellite flagship is... BYU Radio, Sirius XM 143 and 89.1 FM HD2, our Salt Lake City flagship KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. We're on network affiliates in the West and streaming live globally on the BYU Radio app, the BYU Cougars app, the BYU Game Day app, and the KSL apps, as well as on BYURadio.org and BYUCougars.com. And you can get broadcast archives and highlights on the BYU Football Podcast, so subscribe to that. And you can also find them at byuradio.org. Well, Riley, uh, much made about how differently BYU and Navy prepared for their respective season openers. But the fact remains that no matter how Navy got ready that day, BYU was the better team that night. And uh, BYU should expect to face, I think, a stiffer challenge here tonight due to the uh, the personnel losses since BYU's had since that game, a few of them at least, and then the interruption of the practice schedule with respect to pandemic protocols, plus the fact that Troy has already played a game and was pretty dominant in winning at Middle Tennessee last weekend. Uh, Taking care of Troy the way the Cougs won at Navy uh, would take a tremendous effort, I think, tonight.
3: I think you're right, Greg, to a degree, but I also think that when I look at part of the reason they had such extraordinary success against Navy, uh, to me, there was... I mean, one small false start penalty that really was a meaningless point in the game and that they easily overcame. But one penalty throughout the entire game, no turnovers. They caused turnovers on defense, and the execution was at a very high level. All things that are within their control as a BYU football team, and while this Troy team is better than that Navy team or at least presents a different challenge, to me, just objectively, if BYU can do those things, lay those foundational blocks, they are that much better of a football team that this should be a multi-score victory for BYU, assuming
1: they take care of business in those areas. You sound just like Pat McAfee there, Riley. Uh, More of the BYU Store Cougar Kickoff Show coming up after we tell you that this season, BYU football and Mountain America Credit Union are changing lives. For each field goal that BYU makes, Mountain America will donate $250 to the American Red Cross to help fund humanitarian services and programs. Our pregame coverage of BYU and Troy continues from Provo right after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: The Cougar kickoff show continues. Let's head back to the MoBeta's broadcast booth with Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel.
1: Let's pause 10 seconds for station identification on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is BYU Radio on
0: KBYU FM HD2 Provo. You're listening to BYU Football on BYU Radio.
1: Will always be our highest priority. And Riley, where BYU was most comfortable at Navy, was in the red zone. BYU officially six for seven, but they knelt down on their final drive of the game, so basically a perfect game six for six inside the 20, and four of the six scores were touchdowns. It was an area that OC Jeff Grimes targeted for improvement in the offseason, and the work paid off in the opener.
3: Most definitely, it did, and that's uh, work that you want to ne- you need to continue to build on as an offense. Uh, how you do that is obviously you like to. I mean, you'd love to keep it as close to hundred percent conversion ratio as possible, and then also, and once you kind of establish that baseline, make sure that it's not just scoring, but rather scoring touchdowns. The other thing that we saw against Navy was some scores from outside the twenty. Those aren't bad either, and I think if the offense continues to. Uh, focus on those areas, they're going to be well suited for the rest of the season.
1: Now the Navy game was a game that uh, BYU ran for more than 300 yards. Quarterback Zach Wilson didn't need to be great, but he still was. He had a pass efficiency north of 200 and his big night could have been even bigger. An early deep shot uh, went through Gunnar Romney's arms and a timing pattern pass turned into a pick when the receiver was hip-checked off balance on his cut. Uh, Riley, it was just what we wanted to see, I think, from Zach to start his junior season.
3: Most definitely, knowing Zach and the fierce competitor that he is uh, and having played quarterback a little bit. You're right. It did go through Gunner's arm, but he did leave that deep ball a little bit inside. Rule number one on a deep ball is get it over the receiver's outside shoulder, mm-hmm. and it brought the defender a little bit into play. So I know Zach wants that back. I also knew he wants the pick back. Every quarterback wants every interception that they throw back, especially with uh, Zach's, where maybe his timing or, or um, chemistry with the, with Neil on that play wasn't uh, where he'd like it to be. But loved what I saw out of him. It's he didn't have to run, and preferably I don't I don't care. But I did hear you know rumors in the offseason they got bigger, faster, stronger. So He might have the chance to display that here tonight. And then, of course, I think he's going to be anxious, and I think they'll have opportunities if they can continue to establish the run game and get some play-action shots down the field to uh, make up for those deep balls that maybe he'd like to have back, push the ball, drive the ball down the field for
1: some big plays here tonight. All right, time for a break. More of the BYU Store or Cougar Kickoff Show coming up next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: Getting you geared up for game time. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Now back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel.
1: BYU and Troy coming up. Both teams piled up the points in their openers. BYU scored 55 at Navy. Troy scored 47 at Middle Tennessee last weekend. Uh, Riley Nelson, even though BYU was facing an option team in the opener, Cougars still spent a lot of night, uh, a lot of the night in the Navy backfield, the BYU defenders, that is. Eight total tackles for loss, five sacks of the quarterback, and the word aggressive is already the defensive buzzword. For a team that uh, has struggled to be disruptive over the last couple of seasons, the early signs were that this team could be a little more risky for some bigger rewards. Well, the
3: formula for a turnover producing team is personnel, mentality, and scheme. I think they've been working on establishing that mentality, although they haven't quite capitalized on it. Uh, The second thing is getting the right personnel in place. And I think, you know, we're going to see a lot of nickel 5DBs and as well as the linebackers that they have out there playing have been some of their best. Producers in in turning the ball over, and then lastly, you know, we we might see a little things a little bit different from a scheme last year, where they maybe sat back on their heels and let the offense make mistakes. I think now they're going to cross that line of scrimmage and try and force those mistakes, and uh, something I'm
1: excited to see here tonight. All right, he is Riley Nelson coming up. We'll head down to field level and hear from the third member of our broadcast crew here at the stadium, Mitchell Jurgens, as the BYU Store Cougar Kickoff Show continues live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium on the New Skin BYU Sports Network.
0: This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Let's get back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Brubell. All
1: right, to BYU and Troy in the first of three straight home games for the Cougars of the seven remaining games currently on the BYU schedule. Six are to be played here at home. Troy followed by La Tech, UTSA, Texas State, Western Kentucky, North Alabama, the only trip out of town at present is the October 16th game at Houston and Houston is a team that has yet to play a game this season, Riley. Every scheduled game Houston's had has either been postponed or canceled due to COVID.
3: Yeah, so it could be worse for them, especially one was their, I mean if you want to say their fault I don't know if that's the right word, but one was due to cases on their team, but the other two were due to cases on the opponent team, so stretch of bad luck but uh, it definitely could have been worse for BYU fans. Look, I'm excited for the schedule out before them this year. Obviously it wasn't the one that was before, but you've got, uh, you're playing a bunch of teams in my opinion that are located in recruiting hotbeds so you know they've got tremendous second tier talent and they have rosters full of guys with chips on their shoulders who come out play hard and good football the only thing is they might not just you know measure the right height or weigh the right amount uh, 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 for those uh those top tier schools so and we're going to see the first of many of those here tonight in troy
1: let's bring in our sideline reporter and houston texas native mitchell jurgens now from the zions bank end zone for banking that helps you game plan for life Zions Bank is for you, Mitch. Houston and BYU. There we have two of many teams that have already seen their seasons interrupted by the pandemic so far, underscoring just how challenging this campaign will be. Preparation, expectation, cancellation. They're all in play due to COVID-19. Any team that can play well and win a lot, if not all, their games this season, Mitch will have accomplished something special, I think. And we, of course, hope that BYU becomes one of those special teams.
7: Yeah, Greg, it's been quite the roller coaster of emotions, events, and really audibles to to get us to this point in the BYU 2020 football season. You know, expectations have quickly turned due to the shift in schedule for the year, and an undefeated season has really become the goal for fans, you know, for this year. And so after BYU's performance against Navy, we have a glimpse at really how attainable this goal can become, you know, can become a reality. And so no matter the schedule, certainly something special like this is attainable for BYU. Um, now, Now, with that said, in order to produce a special season like this, Focus can't get away from the week-to-week matchup um, having that mindset, right? Football games are one one game at a time, and it's going to take the same intensity, preparation, and energy they showed three weeks ago and then move its preparation to the next opponent as they take care of business the current week, which in this case is a beautiful night, Saturday mm-hmm. night here in, here in Provo against Troy.
1: Mitchell, thank you so much. Riley Nelson's keys to the game, the coin toss and the opening kick coming up next. This has been the BYU Store Cougar Kickoff Show live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.